1: What's going on, go along subscribers and listeners and readers? Thank you so much for listening to this special edition of the podcast. We thought we'd bring Bob again back like old times. So, uh, with the Green Bay Packers at the halfway point, three and five, uh, riding a four game losing streak, a lot of questions. This is the one man who can provide unique analysis on everything. Bob has been watching. The team from afar, obviously, his role has changed here at Golong. He, right now, he's wrapping up his uh, series on his decades covering the Green Bay Packers, position by position, player by player. Hopefully, you've been able to follow along. His McGinn Files features will be starting up soon. Last year, you may remember Bob had a, an extensive conversation with Brett Favre. He had that series. Uh, also, a story on Mike Vrabel, Aaron Donald. Well, he's going to have five McGinn Files features for subscribers. Cannot wait to read those. And then obviously his NFL draft coverage is bar none the best in the business that's going to be here before we know it. Uh, So yeah, just, you know, last year, each week we broke down the Green Bay Packers and we had to do it here at the midway point three and five, a lot of questions. Uh, Bob McGinn, his analysis is one of a kind. So uh, we thought we'd bring him in to wrap up uh, their loss to the Buffalo Bills and also think big picture on the team as well. So hope you, hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, As a reminder, when you purchase the blood and guts, how tight ends save football and contact me at golongtd at gmail.com. Again, that's longtd at gmail.com or on Twitter, just shoot me a DM at Ty Dunn. I'll make sure you get a signed book plate, uh, a few random tight end sports cards from the collection, because why not? And a go long decal. So Uh, Definitely add the blood and guts to your library and we'll hook you up with some goodies. Just thrilled that everybody's been enjoying this book. Thank you so much for keeping this momentum going. All right. Here's a conversation with Bob. Hope you enjoy. Thanks again. We're back. Bob, what's going on? I I don't even know how to intro this. We did this uh, every week last year, the Ty and Bob pod. Um, This is a a special edition, right? A a reunion of sorts. The reunion on top of the reunion, because last year was quite a reunion from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel days. But it's good to see you here on Zoom. How in the hell are you? I'm doing great, Tyler. It's fun fun to be blabbing with you
2: again, you know, on these Tuesday mornings, right? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I figured out everybody's heard my my voice like way way more than they'd probably like on this team, and and read my words. They need some Bob McGinn in their life. The Green Bay Packers are three and five. A lot of fans don't know. A lot of listeners, readers here at Go Long don't know what to make of this season that is kind of going south pretty fast. We've seen we've seen things turn around before, right? They were four and six in twenty sixteen and that's when, you know, Aaron Rodgers just goes on that historic run and, you know, they get to the NFC Championship game. But, you know, Devontae Adams isn't walking through that door anymore. It's a, it's a different team. They've got to win a different way. A lot of stuff we've talked about, but just generally, what what do you see? And, and I guess kind of fill people in on um, how you've kind of consumed Green Bay Packers right. football this year. You know, even though we've, we've put it out there a few times, but in case people didn't read it or see it, uh, so Bob is obviously still with us here at go Long. You've been doing the awesome series, looking back at your decades upon decades of, of covering the team. Um, just, just great to kind of see how things sum up offense, defense, special teams, individual players, units um, that's wrapping up soon. And, and then you're doing your McGinn file features, which are always must read. I mean, you talked to Brett Farr for hours on end yesterday for one of your McGinn file series. Uh, so that will be kicking into gear. And then the draft series, it's going to be here before we know it. But Bob's annual must read patented often duplicated, never replicated. What, how else can I blow some smoke up your ass here, Bob? It's, it's the best, you know, out of all the draft content, nothing compares to what Bob does every year. So we'll have that again I go long, but yes, you're not, uh, it's got to be refreshing to not just be glued to a screen watching film like you have been, right? You've been able to live your life a little bit.
2: Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: so I've been to a lot of college games. I've been, I saw the lions Sunday live just, you know, as a fan with a buddy, um, been just done a lot of things. And um, so look, we had to tell the listeners right now, what I've seen, all, I've seen all eight games on TV Okay. I didn't see any of the exhibition games. I stayed away from all that. So this, you know, I mean, I would consume and study tape on every exhibition game, you know, the drill for 40 years, right. Or as long as tape was around DHS. Um, but in the Ann Arbor green Detroit market, Green Bay games have been on. So I've seen all seven. And then I studied the Buffalo game. I spent about eight hours with the tape yesterday for the first time all year, you know, And it opened my eyes to a lot of things that I hadn't seen watching the first seven games. So that's, I mean, I don't feel certainly as credible as I would having watched study the tape like normal, all eight games, but I'll do the best I can on seven TV and one tape. Okay. Um, Well, should we just start like, I'll just start normal. Okay, Tyler. All right. Yesterday,
1: you know, BS about the Edmund Fitzgerald and, I'm sure people would love to hear us talk about music for an hour. Now we'll, we'll get right to the Packers. We got it. We got Things are too serious. This is serious stuff, Bob. Yep. Things are right. falling apart at 1265. Man.
2: The offense was really good in this game for what they have receivers, four footballs, O-line four, QB three, running backs. I gave them a five, Tyler. I never give fives. I gave them a five. D-line one, linebackers one and a half, DBs three, Kickers one and a half, special teams one and a half, overall three. All right. So I'm going to just kind of work through this the receiver core first, okay? And I'll give you some thoughts on this season. All right. Romeo Dobbs made a, a couple of great plays in this game. And Toure, the seventh round pick from Nebraska, made a terrific play. All very, very encouraging stuff. Um, you know, Dobbs is the guy. I just want to remind listeners of this, you know he showed up at the combine weighed and measured the first day and then really what i was told by several scouts is that he did not leave his room in indianapolis for the next two two days 48 hours until his group had the plane tickets to leave he was anxiety ridden according to scouts stressed out and that that he's got a lot of talent now i'm not saying that's why he he i think he was drafted in the fourth where he should have been but still, this was a red flag for a lot of clubs, you know, that he just couldn't answer the bell down there. Um, he's answering the bell now, and he had a great game. So that's all I can really say on that, T. That, um, uh,
1: that is interesting. I remember seeing that, you know, in your draft coverage. and Yep. Uh, you know, you feel for him. You can only imagine what he was going through mentally. Um, did they yep. offer any more specifics? It Was it, it – and no. Were concerned about this? He, he really was just in his room for a couple of days?
2: Yeah. He just did not participate in anything. And all it says on the official combine sheets, I looked it up again last night, it said uh, no workout hyphen choice. So it was his choice not to work out in official vernacular. Then later he attended pro day, ran like four or five, two or something like that. All right. So this receiving corps. Is, I mean, Lazard wasn't there. Okay. And he's been okay he's what is he halfway between a two and a three Randall Cobb all right he, he's just a guy now at this point so he wasn't there I mean really big deal um, it goes back to the draft it goes back to the last several years here you know I just thought about a few things Tyler um, you know He traded up for Amari Rogers in 21 in the third round at 85. Brian Gutekunst did. At 112, 25 picks later, was Amon St. Brown of USC. Now, I've seen this guy a lot on the Lions. You know, he had 90 catches last year. This guy's a hell of a player. He's been hurt this year. But he is the slot receiver that they wanted in Rogers. I mean, you make a mistake like that. Amon St. Brown is really good. He'd be their best guy right now. Um, Okay. The year before, he traded up – no, he took the the tight end fullback, Isaiah DeGora. Isn't that his name, Isaiah? (laughs) I can't – Josiah, okay. Um, The next wide receiver taken was Gabe Davis of Buffalo. Well, we know what he did. 26.1 last year, four touchdowns. He's pretty good, right, Tyler? I mean, he's behind digs right now, but he's, he's pretty darn good. Um, and then last year, Brian Gutekunst had control of this entire draft. He had all those extra picks from having dealt uh, Adams. He could have gone up and got Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson, Drake London, any of these guys. And I know Olave's been good. I can't say that much about Wilson and London. And I haven't looked up their stats, but I know they're going to be players. And he took the Watson guy. 38 wonderlick on Watson, but yet totally inexperienced from a uh, you know small school program, North Dakota State. But had, had he not wanted to trade up for Watson, after not going up in the first, he went up in the second to get Watson. The players they liked were George Pickens and Alec Pierce. And we know what Pickens has done with the Steelers. Yeah, he's a character risk. But Pickens is a stud. He's acrobatic. I mean... You can see this guy's going to be a player. I've seen enough of Pierce and the Colts to know he's going to be a player too. Pierce leads the Colts in average per catch, 15.5, 24 for 373. He's a big guy. Pickens, 26 for 338, 13.0, leads the Steelers. Yeah, they're a 2-16, but these are players, you know. you got Amon St. Brown, Pickens, Pierce, again, they get Christian Watson, yeah, he's got really good speed, but he can't stay on the field. They needed a player to win now. He picks up Sammy Watkins. We knew this guy was going to get hurt, T. Come on. It's as bad as the Bucs taking Julio Jones. We knew both of them were going to be useless, and they are. In the last 49, states, 49 snaps last night, Sammy Watkins is not targeted. He can't do anything. He's no good anymore. I mean, it's just a, a terrible pick by the Packer personnel department. You know, I'm just going to say a few more things. You know, Brian Gutekunst just had five drafts at this point, And their five best players, four come from Ted Thompson. Rodgers in 05, Bakhtiari in 13, Clark in 16, and Aaron Jones in 17. Then I'd put uh, Gary, and Alexander would be Gutekunst's fifth best player. He's at 18. Rashawn Gary, you could say at 19, but they probably should have taken Brian Burns of Carolina. He just fits what they do. i take Burns over Rashawn Gary right now. He went four picks later. It's just this this inability. He's traded up all these times over the years, his trade-ups. And they've netted Oren Burks, Darnell Savage, Jordan Love, Amari Rogers, and Christian Watson. These are players you are committed to. You're trading draft capital for these players. Oren Burks, Darnell Savage. Man, what a disappointment he is. Jordan Love, we don't know. But I have my doubts. Amari Rogers is a bust. Christian Watson is offered nothing. So that's where they are at wide receiver. Um, Tanyan, we know he's just a guy. He's got nothing after the catch. Mercedes Lewis, he can block. There's no doubt about that, but yet he's a luxury item. He contributes nothing on special teams, which are bad again this year. Can't catch – I mean, he can't run anything, can't help you in the passing game. Um, I'm going to mention DeGora right now, the third-round pick who I've widely panned, the guy from – was it Cincinnati? That's the best I've ever seen him play last night, um, Sunday night. Man, I am impressed. He is blocking so much better when I really studied that tape, holy man, he was, he, not only was he attacking Milano and a feral Ed and I've, who's the linebacker Edmonds for, for the bills, uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Um, but not only was he attacking these guys, but then he'd just be shoving them out of the way. I loved it. Ultra aggressive wham blocks on Milano on that 30 yard game by Jones lead block on Edmonds. Um, uh, pull he's pulled several times uh he looked really good shoving defensive linemen over piles now he offers nothing in the with the ball in his hands but the guy really blocked well I mean he and um 89 Mercedes Lewis were a huge part of that fantastic running game the other night um had they emphasized it even more they might have won the game or been closer but all right so that's about it on the receiving court T uh, this is like two months of stuff just coming out of me right now. Okay. <laughs> so bear with me.
1: Okay. You just go, this is, this is outstanding. Um, this is, this is all right. What, this the is old line the need Bob. So you just, uh, you just keep heat checking here. The old line. You know, I have not liked Myers, the
2: center. I mean, he made a clear mistake. He took him at 62 when Creed Humphrey went 63 to Kansas city and I have only seen Humphrey once this year, but he was so much better than Myers last year. And that was just a mistake. You want to take a center, you take the Ohio State kid over the Nebraska kid. I mean, it's a bad mistake. Um, but Myers kind of impressed me. He kept blocking getting to Tremaine Edwards in space the other night. I got that five times. You know, they're so athletic right now. LaFleur is running gap schemes. He had linemen pulling on either seven or eight plays. Uh, man, it's not that strict uh, inside zone, outside zone anymore. Uh, Butkus is now the line coach, and Stanovich is the coordinator. They're both still there. But uh, uh, Zach Tom, the fourth-round pick, I mean, that guy's a tremendous athlete. One scout last, last year said he was the most athletic lineman in the draft, and you can see it. The guy is good in space. Now, he had problems in protection early. We saw that. He got humiliated by Settle one time, and he got beat bad two or three times in the past game, but he's playing. People thought he wasn't strong enough to play guard that he could play tackle. He was a left tackle at Wake Forest or center. He played that as early in his career, but I got to like Tom very athletic, very quick can pull. Now it was interesting when Jenkins couldn't play the other night, they had to make a decision whether to stop, start Tom at guard. Who's really kind of undersized or go back to Royce Newman. But, they went with Tom. Very, very interesting decision. Newman had started like the first six games. He was their weak link. Um, yeah, Newman was the weak link last year, and he's just really not very good. I haven't seen Sean Ryan. Didn't see the exhibition. Can't comment about him. Uh, Runyon at guard. I think he's just a guy. He's better than Newman. I don't know if he's better than Tom. Maybe you can get by with him, but I think he's a guy you're going to want to replace. Nijman, who played left tackle last year for Bakhtiari. I really, really liked him athletically. Now he's at right tackle. He's showing he's got versatility. He's a massive man with great athletic ability. He got killed by Von Miller on the fourth and one, which really turned the game around. That was really, really bad. Uh, the kid from Penn State, Rashid Walker. I didn't see him in the preseason. I don't know. Uh, Bakhtiari, very encouraging performance. A lot of one-on-ones against Von Miller. Played the entire game. I really liked what Bakhtiari was doing. Even in the run game, he was good. Um, That's an encouraging sign right there. So they got to have him playing 60 minutes, that's for sure. So that's their old line. I kind of like the performance. Um, Buffalo's got a good front. Now, one thing, Buffalo only blitzed 8.8% of the time. They just said the heck with it. They had 31 four-man rushes, three five-man, and one, and that was it. 8.8%. 8.8%. They didn't blitz Rodgers. They didn't think they needed any to get any extra pressure. They just came with four and won the game, you know? Um, all right. So that's it on the line, T. Um, all right. The quarterback.
1: Just on the line real quick. Yeah. Um, we I think we've talked about this before, too. I mean, even last year when this offense was clearly – Humming best when Dylan and Jones are going downhill. You can just see it. I mean, Zach Tom's a perfect example. These guys, I think it's human nature as an offensive lineman. You sure as hell would rather be moving forward than backwards. It was they just uh, they, they found an identity and they found a rhythm on offense, and it started up front. Like they, they're down three scores, but they're still running. The the commitment is there from the coach and the quarterback, which I'm sure we'll get into, and the line fed off of it. They fed off of it. Like, hello, right. You probably beat Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson and Taylor Heineke. If you just play this, this brand of football, if you just decide to run the ball and kick a little ass, like, um, I, I don't want to get ahead of you, Bob, but it just is like, there, there you go. Like, you're naming young linemen, you know, playing well against the best team in the league, getting confidence, Right? You run the ball, you're going to give them confidence. And, and when you're confident, you're going to play better. Um, that's like a one really good thing Green Bay could get going for itself. And you just, you, you hope it's not too little too late. They have a pretty rough schedule the rest of the way. But man, those three games, those losses easily should have been wins if they just run the ball.
2: They run, first time I looked at this all year, Tyler, I figured it out. The ratio of runs to passes and sacks. They're at 39.9% run. It's not good enough. They should really, with what you just said, I agree wholeheartedly. They should be at 45, 46%. With Amon Green 20 years ago, they were at 50.9% one year. I think that was '03. 3 Larry Bechtol, Amon Green, and that good offensive line. Yeah, That's yeah. all they got on offense, team. They don't have Rodgers throwing the ball wherever he's throwing the ball. That's all garbage. All right. Granted, he's playing with junk at the receiving positions, all right? But Brady did that for years and years too. You make these people, as good as Rodgers is and as good as he thinks he is, you have to make these people better. You have to make the surrounding cast work for you. You just have to. These are professional players. Dobbs can run. Lazard is a tough guy. Watkins has played in the league. Cobb has played in the league. Tunyon, all right, he's played in the league. Touré's a seventh-round pick. We see he's got ability. He's a very mature kid. I went back and looked at it. People like Torrey from Nebraska. He was only there one year. And Watson has been in and out all the time. I don't know what he is. But you've got to make this better. And the body language, the facial expressions, the selfishly blown off the offseason workouts when he had a chance to work with these people. Just none of it looks like a leader to me, a guy who's really committed. Um, I don't know. I'm not there. I'm You know, I never see the guy. I don't watch any of his press conferences. I don't read anything from over there or anywhere about the Packers. All these thoughts are just my own just watching those eight games. Um, you know, he had 74 yards passing with 10.05 left. He finished with 129 in the last 10 minutes, one really good touchdown drive and then one missed field goal and it didn't work. Um, you know, when he ran for 11 yards there, T- Tyler, that was his longest run all year. Now he has 20 yards rushing for the season. People say he doesn't have the burst in his legs. I can't say that. I cannot say that he's lost a burst. I guess when you've seen him so much over the years, Maybe, maybe if you were watching tape from seven years ago, you would see it. But I still think he can explode, but he just doesn't. And why, I don't know. He's got this little thumb injury. We got Tariko and everybody giving that a big narrative every week. Come on. Can you imagine the injuries guys are playing with compared to this little thumby thing? Um, he has played every snap for eight games. You know how blessed they are? Quarterbacks are getting hurt. Last year he played every snap. The year before, you know. And 27 points is the high for this offense through eight games. Amazing. The guy does not fumble, although he fumbled six times this year, lost three. But I still love his when he gets sacked. I love those two hands clamping on that ball. That's one of his under. I love that trade on this guy. Um, against a damaged Buffalo secondary. Top two safeties gone. Tredarius White, he's on IR, right, here. he's gone. I mean, they're playing with guys back there, and they couldn't exploit it. Rodgers couldn't. Um, he had two near interceptions. I don't know. But, you know, the guy's in there at ninth or tenth in the league and passer rating. He's not going to throw those picks. He's not going to put those balls in harm's way. He's just not. He's going to take a sack before he'll throw that pick up. Sacks, who cares? Nobody counts sacks. Can you imagine how many more sacks he has than Favre had? I'll bet several hundred more than Favre. We'll talk about that when we get to the all McGinn team. But um, I guess that's it at QB. Jordan Love, I haven't seen him all year. I don't know. You've written a lot and talked a lot about Rodgers. That's that's about all i got. In terms of the future, T, I've always liked this. When I'm in the middle of a season covering a team, You know, the internet wasn't crazed. There was no internet when I started in the 80s. And then into the 90s, it just wasn't crazed. And I could just kind of cover the team without having to jump ahead, without having to be premature in my judgments. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to stick with that right now. In terms of the long term for the pack, what quarterback situation, money, salary cap, I'm just focused on this team right now, okay? I'm trying – the goal is – I think Packer I know this is weird and it's old-fashioned, but I think every victory counts so much for these Packer fans worldwide. I think every game is an entity unto itself, and I believe in winning so much that I just concentrate on a game, a win, what it means for these people, what it means for the organization, what it means for Lafleur's record, Rogers' record. Every game is vital. And I'm the only question now, can they win the division? Can they make the playoffs? Yes, they can make the playoffs, but now they got to do it and they got to win games.
1: (laughs) I feel like I'm sitting in a in a Mike McCarthy press conference. You're taking it one day at a time. You're stacking success. You're not going to get into uh, (laughs) grandiose statements here. Um, So you're not watching these games and thinking, "Hmm, I wonder if Brian Gudikins, Matt Lafleur, Mark Murphy, Russ Ball, if they're watching." Aaron Rodgers and thinking, Oh, wow. Look at, look at Seattle. They made out pretty good trade in Russell Wilson. They got all that capital. They got players. <laughs> just imagine what green Bay could have gotten, Bob, just imagine the mother load of picks and assets they could have gotten. If wow. you just had the guts to rip the bandaid off, that's really more like a 10 foot swath of duct tape. It would, it would be painful. It would be a painful bandaid to rip off. And, the pitchforks would have been out, but the pitchforks were out when Ted Thompson is at the shareholders meeting and there's fans going up to him with petitions demanding that Brett Favre be their quarterback. Like they lived this, they saw it, they went through it. Like, you you know, the benefits, he was the MVP. I can't just gloss over that. He was damn good the last two years. He threw a wrench into everything. It just, they're objectively in this weird middle ground Um you drafted a quarterback in the first round, yet now you're all in on Aaron Rodgers, $150 million. I mean, they're in salary cap hell whenever he walks away, let alone his skills diminishing. Three and five, hey, they should win at Detroit. They should. You know, you're right. It's all still in front of them. They can still make the playoffs, but um, things could go south here fast, and I think they're a long ways off from competing with the Philadelphia's San Francisco's even Minnesota uh, we'll we'll see they they got they 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 did get a good thing going with that run game and they're just they just need something out of the pass game. I don't want to slow you down though you can move on to the next let, position mention, you let me you know, mention you don't think they're than... even they're thinking about maybe hey, a little a little remorse a little a little thought popping in the head. I wonder if there was a missed opportunity there.
2: I just wonder what Rodgers is like around the building, Tyler. Is he all in? I mean, he always seems like an impossible guy to coach to me. You know, they might really be thinking those second thoughts if he's just incorrigible. I mean, I see him look right through LaFleur. on the. he's looking away from LaFleur when the two of them are talking on the sidelines. It's the craziest thing. He doesn't even look or acknowledge his head coach
1: well listen to LaFleur's press conferences and I know you're not as plugged in as, as you used to be I, I try to catch what I can from afar and you know when it comes to the quarterback it he doesn't sound like a coach that's like overseeing the quarterback or above the quarterback on some you know masthead you know some hierarchy um you know he'll never criticize him you know, they don't want to piss him off like you can tell nope. the last thing they want to do is you know he kind of Matt Lafleur referred to um, the the young receivers and the guys on offense. You know, obviously Aaron Rodgers goes on McAfee and was blasting everybody else for making mistakes and kind of blaming everybody but himself out of the Commanders' loss. And you know, Lafleur had his back, and he he compared teammates to like when you have kids and you get after your kids. You know, why not? I might not. I've said this before on the podcast, so sorry, people are listening to it again. I, I want to get your thoughts. I mean, if you're a grown-ass adult in that locker room and you're being referred to your head coach as a kid and you see your boss constantly just kind of a, take that side and, and not necessarily hold Aaron Rodgers accountable when he has a bad game, I, I, I would think that would that, that would piss guys off. I agree. Oh.
2: Three more points on the receivers. Valis Scantling, once they decided to move Adams, and he wanted to go, I'm sure, because of Rodgers, aren't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. um i, scan- sure, I think bell is scaling should be their number one the okay. guy's 22 for 369 16.8 he's dropped two balls he's playing 74 percent of the time in kansas city there's nothing wrong with uh, MVS. Yeah. i told you i went to the miami detroit game sunday i could not i was in row 17 kind of on the 30 yard line i could not take my eyes off of tyreek hill I could not. That's all I watched when the Dolphins had the game. So fast, so quick, so strong, so explosive. He had 188 yards. Um, All right, creative move by the Dolphins. You know, they they deal a one, a two, one, two, four that year, and a four and a six. And A.J. Brown, they deal a one and a four, 18th pick in the 101 for A.J. Brown. We know what he's done, three touchdowns the other day. These are creative people, guys who are trying to move ahead. And I just don't see Gutekunst as that kind of a guy. Uh, I think he's a solid individual, but I do not see him as a uh, dynamic. Um, I dealt with Ron Wolf for those nine years, and I know how intellectual he was and how bright he was and how quick-minded. I just don't Mm -hmm. see that in Gutekunst. And, you know. And his drafts haven't been that good either up on top. He's had a few good ones. Now, we'll get to a couple here in a second. But all right, the running backs, T, let's go to them. Aaron Jones is his team's best player. My God. I counted 11 broken tackles. It's one of the best I've ever seen him play. How many darn yards he had? Two. 24 touches for 157. Dylan ran well. 11 touches for 63. They got two twenty. 220 between them in 35 touches. They probably should have had 50 touches uh, at Buffalo. They have Jones is just unreal. The stiff arm. He hasn't, you know, they've, those coaches have done a good job. Really. They have limiting his exposure. All, so he hasn't been banged up recently. He's so damn good. It's just unreal. Um, I see Blake Corum playing for Michigan. And I think to myself, is Blake Corm going to be as good as uh, Jones? I doubt it. Dylan Ram, tough. he made a nice cut in that 27-yard run. You combine. And I want to see Kylan Hill when he gets back off this ACL. I loved that guy last year. And we talked about DeGora as a lead blocker. The guy was impressive. So the running backs, five-star, I don't ever do that to you. They were good, man. All right, let's go to the D-line, huh? All right. What's killing them in the green obviously way. is their run defense. And it's really, it's really surprising. I printed them out this morning. They're 29th against the run and 25th in yards per carry. And it hasn't been like that recently. All right, how do I see it? You know, I don't see Kenny Clark as good in, in year seven. I mean, he's the guy who held the fort all these years watching on TV, and I spent Some of those games, watching him, I didn't see him make plays, and I really studied him in this Buffalo game. He got manhandled on the first play of the game by that Ryan Bates, the right guard, gain a six. Bates got him again, one-on-one on on a nine-yard carry. He had no no pressures in this game. Uh, Boy, it was telling. 6.32 left in a 10-point game. Bills start out first down on their own 26 after the touchdown to Ture. 10-point game, you know you're going to run the ball. Clark's out of the lineup. They got 93 Slayton and uh, 94 Lowry in the middle of a nickel. He comes in in the fourth play. One time, uh, Roger Saffel, the old Ram, he just one-on-one, he manhandled Kenny Clark and threw him to the ground. It was in the fourth quarter. I had never seen that happen. I don't know if he's hurt, Tyler. I don't read anything like I said, but Right now, through eight games, he has not been the great Kenny Clark. Uh, Lowry was really a non-entity in this game. Um, That wasn't good, and he's getting up there, too. Jerron Reed kind of impresses me. It looks like a pretty good signing. He had three pressures. He shows penetration. Um, I kind of like what he's doing. He's not as stout, I don't think, as maybe Tyler Lancaster, a guy like that. T.J. Slayton, I kind of like him, too. He played 22 snaps. I kind of like him. Now let's go to Devontae Wyatt. I did see one 60 minutes of, I think of the New Orleans exhibition game. And I watched Devontae Wyatt, the guy from Georgia. Buckled against the run. You know, I remember one scout said he plays up on his toes. He didn't think he would, they liked him athletically and as a rusher, but they did not like, like him at the point. Now you could see in the exhibition game and that's why he's not playing. He lacks, he lacks play strength. Um, as a rusher, I saw stuff in that exhibition game two or three times. But he's not playing because he can't hold the run. I'm sure that's it. And they need that front to hold the run, especially now. So, all right, that's the D line. Uh, disappointing. Inside backer. The other big problem against the run game, and we saw it last year, Devondre Campbell is not a take on physical guy. He wasn't last year, but Clark was playing so good you didn't see it. This year with Clark not playing as well, no. Campbell is not a physical guy. He never he was his first couple of years at Atlanta coming out of Minnesota, but in Green Bay he wasn't, and now he's really not. He overran um, who's the running back uh, Singletary on that thirty-yard carry. He overran that thing. Then he got injured out with the right knee. That's a problem. Now let's talk about Quay Walker. I have really watched him all eight games, and then I watched him the 15 snaps. He's just as advertised. He's 6'3 and a half. He's athletic, and he's fast. He can get to the sideline. But he is a slow reactor. That's what he was coming out. He's inexperienced. He had like 13 starts at Georgia. He's, he's a day late on the trigger. He is, and that's what they said again. In coverage, now, people again said on zone drops, that he is not not the answer, and he's gonna need a lot of work on that. The play on the sideline, the shoving of that to practice squad player standing over there. What I just said about his ability to play and what I saw on that sideline incident, Tyler. This comes back to root. The wonderlick score is nine. And you see that in his play, and you saw that on the sidelines. It's a terrible decision. And right now he's hurting him in that run game, and he's another fact. So you got A nose tackle who's not as good, and you got two inside backers who really are below average against that interior, against any kind of run, really. Campbell, you know, he can he can cover; he's really good doing that. But Walker's all over the place; he's just learning the game. I if Chris Barnes wasn't injured, I'd like to see him in there. Then they got two guys injured: McDuffie. I thought he was okay, and you know, uh, Eric Wilson, the old Viking starter, he came in. You know, we started 15 games for the Bikes in 2020. I uh, look back at what the scouts said on the All-North uh, team. They kind of liked the guy. I thought he was okay, but, again, he doesn't know what he's doing in coverage either. He hasn't played enough. So that's the inside backers. Outside backers, Rashawn Gary is rushed the passer really well this year. But, again, we talked about it last year. He He's lost weight, and he's not that 275-pound slug, anchor, edge setter, out there anymore you can really do anything you want with them against the run I don't see him chasing and flattening as hard as he used to those first two years either um and he's not an aware football player so he hurts him in the run game but the guy is really a good pass rusher uh he was against the backup tackle Brown was injured Quisenberry the old veteran played and on the other side Preston Smith's had a really good year um He gave up that touchdown around him in a scramble when uh, Josh Allen went around outside on him on third and fourteen. Ran out. He gave that up, and he kind of loafed on that thirty-yard run too. You check that out in pursuit. He loafed in pursuit, but I still kind of like what he's done. The backups. The guy from South Carolina, Egg Barry, kind of interesting. You know, he's big. He can't run. He ran a terrible forty, but he's got a knack. He had double-digit sacks in the SEC. Kind of like him. Garvin's been nothing. That's the linebackers.
1: And you fantastic breakdown, Bob. I, I just was thinking, you know, Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker, and you think about the draft capital it took for those two players. I know they're rookies and could have long careers ahead of them, but this was a team, you know, in theory, that was all in to win a Super Bowl in twenty twenty two. They wanted immediate impacts out, out of both of those players, and trade those much. picks. Trade those picks. Go get a Alave. It could be Alave. 62, I mean, like right? you mentioned I mean, AJ Brown. What about a veteran? Yeah, that was an option as well. I just get, or like, get, just get George creative. Pickens.
2: Get George Pickens, man. Pickens. Sit there and take him at fifty-three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Secondary.
1: I'll just say real quick too, Bob. Like I, I. I mean, I was wrong. <laughs> uh, honestly, I, I saw this defense ascending um, and being a dominating unit. I really I, like we did. Our yeah, I know, Tyler. Season picks. I mean, I really thought that this Green Bay defense could You look at all the first round picks. And there were there were signs last year, you know, each level from from Kenny Clark setting the tone on the nose. Devonzer Campbell making plays all over the place. Quay Walker. Yeah, I guess I was probably a little higher on him than you're. You're talking to all these scouts, and we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. And then on, on the back end, um, it's hard to find a cover corner like J.R. Alexander. I don't know. I, I I thought the pieces were all there, and um, yeah, there's still a lot of season left, but we're halfway through, and they are a long ways off of elite.
2: Joe Barry, is he the guy? I mean, I don't see him doing a whole lot. Uh, I don't know. He, he's he's definitely not likes- helping. Yeah. He, he lacks the creativity of dom capers i mean he's nothing like that even mike patton i don't patton did a lot of different things i don't i don't see it with this guy, but okay the secondary i mean tyler nobody's throwing the ball on him i mean they're you can't you can't throw the ball on him stokes is uh he's he looks really good he's got bad hands we know that. But aside from that, two completions for 16 yards against him. Um, Man, he ran that double move over there against Diggs. He ran the route for Diggs. He was beyond, you know, Diggs couldn't even get abreast of him. The ball went incomplete. I mean, Stokes is really good. Alexander, man, he had three breakups in this game. You know, he gave up the long touchdown pass to the commanders, uh, Terry McLaurin. Uh, He got burned, kind of cost him the game. Um, the guy's not as big as, toe. I don't know who I'd take right now between the two of them. Um, I don't see Alexander as a hitter. You know, he kind of gets blocked a long time when plays are coming at him. He doesn't get off blocks at all. He made a nice diving interception. I mean, he's not a ball guy, but he does get to the ball. He's competitive as all get out. I think he's a little over the top with this stuff. Uh, he's a little annoying. He doesn't look professional out there doing all this unbelievable chippy stuff, but he's a good I like player. I Bob.
1: I kind of like it.
2: Yeah, I got you. I know a lot do. And Rasul Douglas, we knew the speed and the lack of athletic ability would get him as it did in Philadelphia. And, you know, props to Ken Dorsey and their offensive staff for finally getting digs or whoever they wanted on Douglas and then exploiting him. And that's how they really made any plays downfield that they made uh, the double move for 26 yard touchdown on Douglas. He was slow. Um, the 53 yard bomb, he throws his hands up at the end. I mean, he got burned there too, you know, just as at fault as Darnell Savage, if not more, but again, if you're going to try to throw the ball, Douglas has to resort to grabbing. He can really break on the ball. I don't think he's a great hitter either. Uh, I think he's an average slot, an average number three corner. They paid him. Okay. Savage, the safety. Man, he hasn't gotten any better, Tyler. Uh, two missed tackles of the four in the secondary. He's missed tackles all year long. Um, Allen on that scramble for 20 yards. He offers that pathetic shoulder, half, half elbow. He didn't want any part of, you know, taking him straight up. Um, Miss Cook on that 17-yard run. The bomb, he's twisted, turning, uh, out of position. (laughs) He got beat on the next play. He's just not a very good player. And they traded up for that player. Utter disappointment. Just a guy. All right, Adrian Amos. I mean, he's a tough guy but we know all about him. He's going to get exposed athletically and coverage teams are going to match him up and they're going to get completions all day long. If they can, his feet were frozen by Isaiah McKenzie on that seven yard touchdown, your guy. Um, all right. And then the backups, none of them played. I haven't really seen the backups. So the secondary is darn good at the corner with Alexander and Stokes. You got Stokes a problem.
1: Got yanked for one play. Do you catch that? LaFleur no. just pulled him out for one random play. Um, wow, unless I missed it, there really wasn't much explanation beyond he wanted him oh. out quick. I saw him, he, he was one, one snap less than everybody else. Yeah, I think that was when was that the touchdown, the digs, uh, I over don't know. Douglas. Uh, maybe either way, how, what have you seen out of Eric Stokes overall? Big picture, that's a guy we haven't really. Thought Stokes, about talked about. Well, yeah, I, I talked
2: about him at first here. When I maybe you didn't know I was right. talking about him first. I really, really like him. He's got the bad hands, but this guy is really good. He's a lot bigger than Jair Alexander. Stokes is a hell of a draft pick. That one is in uh, Brian Goodik. It's a feather in his cap. He took him over the other corner from Georgia. I can't remember his name. They were closely matched. It's a really good pick. Um. Although, yep, you just hit on Stokes all the way. All right, let's go to the special teams. I know some people thought that they hired Pasaccia, this would turn this whole thing around. Yeah, fat chance. Um, when you look at the Goslin rankings, Pasaccia in like 18 years is a number one guy, ranked 14th. I mean, this isn't uh, this isn't Scott O'Brien coming in or out of retirement or brad seeley or who are, i mean the real greats. visace is not a great right now they're in the bottom five in the league they don't cover well they don't return return well amari rogers is an albatross uh, you know he can't even catch the ball this year uh all right interesting you know they made this crosby he's still a good kicker i give him credit He's a great guy, Tyler, as you know. Yeah. I hope he kicks forever. This is a great kicker. Chris Jackie, Ryan Longwell, and Mason Crosby. It's like the quarterbacks, man, Even only five years longer. It's a un- couple years longer. Jackie came in 89, great pick by Tom Brots, maybe 88, and they've been great ever since. Um, okay, the punter. That surprised me. I had talked to enough scouts over the years because he's in the division about Pat O'Donnell. Uh doesn't have a big leg at all, and it's going to show in the colder the weather gets. Uh, he is a directional guy. He's been an average punter to below, I think. He keeps trying these Aussie punts from way out in the field. Surprises me. Uh, he's worth 24th and net, something like that, 25th and net. Now, they gave up on Bohorquez, the left footer last year who was there one year, and then Cleveland's Mike Prefer jumped on him in free agency, and I don't know what kind of year he's had. I went to a Brown game, though, a couple, uh, three weeks ago, and he punted pretty good that day against the Patriots. I was a fan that day too, T. All right. Um, um, okay, O'Donnell, but he's a really good holder, and Bajorquez was a terrible holder, and I'm sure that's what they were thinking. And O'Donnell, I've noticed this, he is a really good holder. They changed long snappers. They dumped Wordle, who was terrible, after Bradley was terrible. They got Coco. On the 55-yard field goal last night, Coco had a terrible snap. Thing was low, made O'Donnell have to spin. Poor Crosby missed it wide left. Should have made the kick with a better snap. The whole special teams thing, I do detect they've been close to blocking punts. I think they did block one, and they've been close. I like what Passaccia has done there. But, again, there's been penalties. The return game's a mess. Keyson Nixon runs that out 49 yards. Penalty on Ennis Gaines for a hold. It was a terrible call against uh, Jake Kummerow. So anybody who thinks it's it's not the head coach on special teams, it is the head coach on special teams. It's his emphasis. It's his deal. That's, he doesn't know anything about special teams. Let's face it. These quarterback coaches never do. It takes a defensive coach, really, or a really committed, ex- extraordinary offensive coach to get special teams right, and he ain't doing it. So, special teams
1: are not helping him again. (laughs) Phew. That was Bob McGinn in his prime. Still in his prime. Breaking it down, position by position, player by player. This game provides such a perfect window into the bigger picture, too. Um... Holy cow, I don't know where to start, you know, in terms of uh, – what, what do you
2: see him going this – where's their season headed, T?
1: You know, the schedule doesn't get easier. There's some tough games. But yeah, I think we're all conditioned to expect Aaron Rodgers to figure it out to an extent. I think that the fact that he was willing to hand the ball off in Orchard Park here against the Bills, down three scores – is a is progress because we don't know what's going on in that headset we don't really know the play calls going in going out what's being changed to the line of scrimmage but up until that game it sure seemed like the quarterback with autonomy at the line of scrimmage was choosing to throw the ball more than he would he was asked you know i to, to what extent we don't know you know he'll be protected by his coaches but the commitment was there i mean there's two ways to look at it. Down 20, down three scores, what, 24 seven. And you're running the ball with that much discipline <laughs> that the, 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 I guess the, uh, the skeptic, the cynic would say, wow, that's pathetic, right? I mean, you have a $150 million quarterback and you're basically, you're basically publicly admitting he's not good enough at this point. He's not special and he's not going to be able to bring you back down three scores in the fourth quarter. Um, so yeah, they think there's some of that there, but I think the other half, you know, the glass half full optimistic side is true too. Like this is a team finally leaning into what works best. And that's feeding Aaron Jones, feeding AJ Dillon. Aaron Rodgers still was able to make some plays in the past game off of the run. And if they continue that, they can make the playoffs. I mean, they added a team in the NFC, the NFC is a mess. They, they can get in. What are they going to do once they're in? I, I don't know. Right. at as they look right now, I I don't think they're going to do much, maybe maybe win a game, but there's still a lot of time to figure it out. And I think that that was progress in terms of like the quarterback buying in visually. I mean, if you're, if you're going to run the ball down three scores, um, that's, that's a good sign, I think. And it works. But but Willie Tyler really. I, don't I mean, know. the cold weather is going to be a good there sign, and they but I don't should know. run it even more. But is he going to really want to do that? You know, no. <laughs> Will he do it against Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys when they come to town? He might. spite. Maybe he does it in spite of McCarthy. Right? They hand it off eighty times. He throws three times. Right? Just to. <laughs> no, I. It, it's got to be a question mark and. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of everything uh, yeah it's what they have going for them though is I mean it, when you look at the NFC Bob like what teams to you are like this team could get to the Super Bowl that you could make a case for right now what, what, what are those teams to you the Eagles and the Cowboys and
2: the Niners
1: You're that's not about it the Vikings huh? in there I'm not are you they're finding a way to win. I Yeah. I think it matters if you can just make the plays late that you weren't able to make. I get it statistically across the board they're pretty average, you know, however you want to slice it. But they're winning. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they are.
1: They've got I see green. they've got they've got Justin Je- Justin Jefferson might be the best player in the conference when he's on. Yeah. So that's is it the Darius Smith. Three sacks on Kyler Murray, eight and a half on the year. He's He's been fantastic. Yeah. You can't tell me Green Bay couldn't use him right now?
2: They could have kept him, no doubt about it. Yeah, they could have. Um, what else are they going to say? Yeah, that Justin Jefferson, the value of the receiver, huh, Tyler? I saw it with my own eyes with Tyreek Hill Sunday. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. You can't touch these receivers. They just go and dominate the
1: game. They do. They just, they, they play bully ball. Look at A.J. Brown. I mean, against yeah. Pittsburgh, which uh, that, that celebration was, was perfect. Did you see he caught the touchdown? You probably didn't like it, Bob. No, but he just like, he point, he got called for taunt and he just, it was in double coverage basically. And they both fall down and he just stands there with the ball and he just points, points to one of them like this. Then points to the second guy like that. Really? Yeah, it was great. To your, to your point, that's, the position in offensive football, in a nutshell, you get one of these studs; they'll just they'll just bully ball. Green Bay had one of their own in Devontae Adams. So, uh, yeah. Um, how about you? I mean, so, I mean, you just hit it. Like, there's not. It's not like there's this long scroll of teams that you can talk yourself into going the distance. So, where do you see Green Bay season going?
2: I was. I like the secondary. I like the two backs, especially the top back. I like the offensive line. What I've seen there, Jenkins will be back soon. And with Bakhtiari, that's really encouraging. Lazard will be back within a week or two. I mean, he's not great, but he's the best they got.
1: Yeah.
2: Special teams, I don't see it. Um, I, I mean, I think they could win nine games, be nine and eight. And that gets them in in the NFC. And then they're on the road and they get beat within a game or two in the playoffs. Huh. Oh, the other thing I want to say, Tyler, mangamesloss.com is a website. It's been around about 15 years and they chart track injuries for every team. Uh, two weeks ago. So that was after six games. The least impacted teams by injuries was Jacksonville and green Bay. Wow. This team has had a huge break on injuries this year until the other night. Now Now they lost some people and the game before that against Washington, they, they lost somebody, I think Jenkins and Lazard, but they had had a huge break. It was inevitable that injuries would occur. And now they've occurred in these last two games, but this team's had a big break. I know, you know, the announcers want to, keeps showing that graphic about all these awful injuries with Watkins and Cobb, all these, these great players injured and Watson injured at wide receiver, but no, no, And we want to show the, the little thumbie with the little tape on there, but no, this team's had a huge break on injuries. That's the narrative, but
1: the networks don't want to point that out. Oh no. No, 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 no. definitely not. Definitely not. Plus Randall Cobb. I mean, right. He's a,
2: he's a great one.
1: I, I still don't understand that. That was the move. Where you kind of understood, okay, the team is shifting here philosophically to Aaron. Here's your seat at the table. You let us know what you want, which kind of makes it interesting now because Aaron's probably going to want a receiver right now. And in the trade deadlines today, as we record, yeah. so people are probably listening. They know what happened, but. Um, all right, McGinn, memory. Want to want to polish off with one of these babies? Let's do it really quick. Green Bay still is not one in your
2: hometown, tie, a Buffalo T, right? Their own seven. Hey,
1: I was a young Packer fan at a game once in a cheese head. And I had part of the cheese head ripped off and thrown onto the field. So I'm well No. Aware. Yes. Yes. Right off your head? Off the head. <laughs> I think Rob, Rob Johnson, friend of the program, Rob Johnson- <laughs> <laughs> we we always find an excuse to talk to it go long. He took the Packers down, I think that day, if I remember That's correctly true.
2: Yeah. what year so. would you
1: say that was? It's like 98, 99
2: maybe. Yeah. I remember that game. Do you? Well, I'm gonna go back to the my first visit to Buffalo October thirty October 30 eighty eight. We stayed downtown, Tyler. And I was just kind of out for a walk around four thirty on this cold uh, late October day, and I looked at the baseball field. What do you call that triple A stadium there?
1: The right uh, Buffalo Bison
2: Duntire. Okay. And I was looking through this wrought iron gate, and this guy said, "Hey, what are you up to?" I told him what I was doing. He says, "Come on in." He gave me an
1: hour tour of the place. And it was built so they could go up in case they got a major league team. That's right. They thought they were getting a major league ball club way back. And they never he did. He was very
2: proud. He worked in the front office. and But it never happened, did it? No.
1: No. That's interesting. Is the team, is the team still there? Yeah, the Bison are still there. Okay.
2: Did you go to a yep. game um, this year?
1: No, Bob. Sonny's one. Ella's three. When it, Next year. They're big enough next year. Yeah, next, next year. I year. I think we'll bring, I think Ella, we're gonna bring to a saber game. This, the hockey team's looking pretty good. Really? Okay. Yeah.
2: Well, this uh, was um, so T, the pack came in two and six under first year coach Lindy Infani, okay? And the Bills were seven and one. So they were a double-digit dog. And this was Don Mikowski's return to DePew, New York, and Orchard Park in Buffalo, right?
1: That's right. The
2: Magic Man was under center, and it was a rough one. 79,176 at Rich Stadium, 38-degree raw day on the shores of Lake Erie. I'm looking at my story, okay? And uh, the finale was the Bills 28, the Pack 0. They got blanked. That's the worst defeat of the seven that the Packers have suffered. Rich Moran, the guard, said, I just think we got our asses kicked. It was pretty ugly. Uh, Mikowski, <laughs> he was under so much pressure, Tyler. <laughs> he went uh, 11 of 29 for 93 yards with one oh. pick. He got knocked down, sacked six times, knocked down five. Um, he, I mean, he just had no chance. Jim Kelly... He only threw t- 14 passes, completed 10 <laughs> for 80. They ran the ball the whole game. Uh, Thurman Thomas, 23 for 116. Mr. Mueller, 9 for 34. Mueller? Mueller. Uh, Harmon, Ronnie Harmon, 9 for 23. Oh, yeah. Brent Fuller, was 7 for 41. So uh, Bruce Smith was there and uh, Red Smurless. Cornelius Bennett had a huge day pressuring the magic man.
1: Um, Fred Smurling uh, is still is- kicking around. Yeah, he was uh, right before that Super Bowl run. So you you caught, yeah, you caught the Bills at an interesting time.
2: So two years before the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. The first yeah. Super Bowl was 90. Uh, only two of Mikowski's 11 completions went to wide receivers. Two balls batted down at the line. Cornelius Bennett was too strong and too quick to be blocked. Thurman Thomas was great. That's it. T. They got him. Freddie Smurlis and company. So that's uh, my first trip to Buffalo.
1: I'd love to. Uh, i love to see Bob McGinn wandering around the city of Buffalo in the '80s, just getting into shenanigans <laughs> like we used to on the beat. Right. That's <laughs> actually. You know what? We really. For the most part, we would just kind of hang at the hotel bar. Wouldn't we? It's just easier. Like don't gotta, don't gotta go anywhere.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know? Right. That that's kind of like anytime I do a work trip here at go along now and, you know, going to these cities, it's like, I'm so washed up now in my mid thirties. Like I literally just post up like at that courtyard lobby and transcribe or write anytime (laughs) I'm not interviewing somebody. It's (laughs) like, what an opportunity, right? There's no crying kids, no diapers to change. No, it's, Just lock in, lock in.
2: (laughs) So Tyler, let me bring up your, your tight end book. Okay. I've read about half of it. Thanks for sending it to me. And it's a fabulous book. It's extraordinary in every way. Starting with the the first chapter on iron Mike Ditka. It's really well written, really well conceived. Uh, It's a tremendous addition to any sports football library. It's a great one, Tyler. You should be very proud of this
1: book. Um,
2: how been? How's your schedule been promoting it and selling it and all this stuff?
1: Uh, it means a lot, Bob. Thanks so much for reading it and, and the kind words it was. It was, I mean, we've talked throughout the process. I mean, it was such a passion project. I grew to really, really love the idea and how it kind of took on a life of its own. Not that I didn't at first, I, I guess I didn't really know exactly where it would lead. I, I knew that this was a position that like was the sport itself and, I just wanted to get to like the the purity of the sport and how it can be saved and, and where it, just, just travel around the country, hang out with these guys and kind of see where it goes. And it was awesome. I mean, I, I loved every second of it and I can't thank everybody out there enough for, for reading. Uh, but yeah, the, right now it's about uh you know, for the lack of a better term, you have to, you have to whore yourself, Bob. You remember that, that life, right. When you're selling a book. yeah,
2: yeah.
1: (laughs) Anybody who wants to talk to you on any radio station, any podcast, you say yes. And you end up saying, you know, repeating a lot of the same stories, but I've, I've tried to keep it fresh. I mean, this book is what close to 350 pages. So we got a lot packed in there. Um, I've probably done about 60, 65 podcasts or radio spots and we've got some more this week you know big and small just trying to get the word out and but honestly look i mean if people are listening to this word of mouth right i i think that that is the absolute best advertising for a book it's just people actually reading it right i mean you're you're digging into it you're just you know, reliving these wild stories and we're bringing it to the golf course with Dicka. The bar was shocky, you know, in Austin, Texas with Tony Gonzalez and people enjoying it and just telling a friend. So that's what I've been asking people just just share it with a friend. And also I have copies here. So if anybody out there wants me to sign a copy, just reach out to me directly. You can Twitter, shoot me a DM at Ty Don or email go long TD at gmail.com. And we will uh, get you a copy. So just let me know and great. Thank you, Bob. Where are, so what chapter are you on right now?
2: It's like seven or eight. I can't remember what's next. I don't know, but I've uh, I'm enjoying it a lot.
1: I mean, you can jump, people can jump around. Like if you want to go right to Shocky or Gronk or, you know, Dallas Clark, Mark Bruner, you can, but I think you're reading now there is an arc, like there is a a narrative to kind of follow and it's cool to really see how the position evolved. And I, I mean, I think that these guys, they really do teach us so much about life. I mean, that conversation with Jackie Smith is one I'll remember till the day I die, like like a lot of these. But he's somebody you remember, I'm sure, with the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, But what do you say, Bob? Cut her off there?
2: Yep, I think so.
1: Thanks so much for doing this. Man, I I miss these Tuesdays on Zoom with you, but I totally understand. Our, Our loyal readers understand, and you've been cranking out some awesome content and I can't wait to uh, see these McGinn files that we'll we'll get into. Soon. So I'm, I'm going to
2: close out this uh, Packer wrap with um, oh, the next week or so. I'll have, I'm still making the final deliberations on my all Packer team from 79 to 21. Offense will be the first one. Defense will be that next part. And then special teams, first team, second team, third team and others in order at each position. Left guard, right tackle, free safety, and then close it out with some special awards.
1: So we are waiting on bated breath to see where. It's <laughs> yeah. J.K. Rubley. I'd, I'd go Rubley. We... <laughs> I'd go Travis Jerby. Maybe,
2: maybe we can do a podcast at the end of the Packers season to wrap that season up, right?
1: Well, I'll probably talk into doing a few more in between. So, you know, (laughs) that sounds good. Whatever you want, Bob, whatever you want. You tell me. But thanks a lot, Tyler. Everybody uh, really appreciates it. Thanks a lot. Good. Take
2: care.